Good morning, brothers and sisters. There is a trend that has been growing for some time in our country that no longer wants to declare the criminal guilty. People can seem to get away with everything and, and they're just given free passes and people make excuses for them and say, well, it's not their fault because of their background or where were they were raised or their family life or these things. And so, so much punishment or guilt is simply dismissed from these situations. And it's a problem in our culture. We know it's not possible to declare anyone, I guess you could say, unresponsible for their actions. And this is an important distinction that I think culturally is not clearly maintained. That there is a difference between responsibility and guilt. When we use the word guilt, we should be referring to the moral judgment on the person. They're guilty because it's their fault. It's their fault because they had bad intentions, they were malicious, whatever the reason. But even if they're not guilty, they still may be responsible. I'll give you a very easy explanation by apologizing to you today for not celebrating the sacraments all this week. I am responsible for that. But I'm not guilty of it because I was sick. It wasn't my fault. I wasn't being lazy. I didn't take an unscheduled vacation without telling anybody. I was home in bed, trust me, either that or the recliner most of the week. Now, the reason I'm responsible and I can apologize for it, even though I'm not guilty, is because I'm the pastor. I'm the one empowered to not only celebrate the sacraments, but given the authority to do so here at St. Dorothy's for you. It is my responsibility. And since I did not fulfill my responsibility, I apologize. That's me being responsible. And I feel bad about it, I truly do. But I don't feel guilty, because I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't get sick on purpose. Like I said, it wasn't any other reason for being unable to celebrate the sacraments for you. Now this is an important distinction, the difference between guilt and responsibility. You can be responsible and guilty at the same time. You can be responsible and not guilty. But if you're guilty, you're, you're always responsible. And it's in understanding the relationship and differences between these two things that helps us understand how judgments should be made against individuals who are responsible. You see, the general trend that's becoming more extreme between the far left and the far right, we're talking the extremists, can be drawn on some level along these lines. You see, the left, the far left, are always concerned, or I should say more concerned about guilt than responsibility. I want to explain to you, who, those of you who might not understand the mind of these individuals, why they are so obsessed with letting people get off scot-free when they do bad things. Because they're attempting to judge the person's guilt. They're attempting to say, well, look at their background. Look at their psychological disorders. Look at this and look at that. All of these reasons why they might not be fully responsible, that's in their mind, for what they did. Well, they're always responsible because they did it. That's the simple reason that's how life and reality works. 
If you're the one, the actor, the mover, in regards to any action, especially if it's criminal, you're responsible. Or somebody above you who gave you permission to do it. That's just how the universe works. It, it, justice follows a simple law of physics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if I perform an act, there is a natural response that should take place. If the act is unjust, then something has to make it just. Something has to correct the imbalance. So if an act is unlawful, then someone in the law has to enforce the correction of it. Now, in our second reading today, the letter to the Hebrews talks about the fact that God, he punishes his children. He punishes his children. Not because he's mean and you deserve it, but because he loves you. He disciplines you so that you can grow in virtue. That's the whole point of punishment. Ultimately, when we punish our children or when society is attempting to punish criminals, the hope is what? Rehabilitation. That's the hope. Whether you're guilty or not because of your background, we still need to change the way you make decisions in life because they're not good. They're not good for you. They're not good for the rest of society. So our initial action is rehabilitation. It's discipline out of love. That is the desire of the far left on some level. That's what they're going for. And since in these individuals they seek to declare them guiltless, they also, and this is their mistake, don't believe that they're responsible. This is the problem with the left. They shouldn't be held responsible because they're guiltless. Maybe they are guiltless, but they did it, they're responsible, they have to be corrected. Out of love, that's our motivation. But if they don't want to be corrected, out of justice, because that's their punishment. But the mistake of the far right is actually the opposite. The far right doesn't care about guilt. In fact, for the most part, they assume because you're responsible, you're guilty. There's very little compassion, very little concern. It's just about the law, black and white, right and wrong. You broke the law. This is your punishment. I don't care about your background. But any good judge knows that if somebody comes forward and is repentant and gives this appropriate story about the difficulties of their life, he can make considerations and not give them the full punishment that they actually deserve because he deems them less guilty or even sometimes guiltless. They may still be responsible. But when the guilt of a person can be determined, then the punishment is lightened for that reason. But the far right doesn't always, again, we're the far right, doesn't always want to take those things into consideration. The truth, as is always, is in the middle. It's the balance between the extremes, and this is what we need to strike for ourselves, but culturally as well. Now, as Christians, we're given very specific directives from our Lord. It's okay to judge. He's going to judge us all one day. We should judge according to his terms, his truth. There's right and wrong. There are rules. You break them. You get punished. If you're willing to accept that punishment, 
It becomes discipline and helps you grow in virtue. If not, it's just punishment and you deserve it. Ultimately, that's the reason for hell. The damned don't want to be redeemed. You see, not all punishment, not all punishment is remedial. But the Lord wants it to be. So in our judgments of ourselves and of others from a Christian perspective, we need to be careful not to equate or confuse responsibility and guilt. If I performed the action that is offensive or wrong, I am responsible. I'm responsible. I need to take that responsibility upon myself and perform actions to correct what I have done. But I should not presume to judge my own guilt, let alone yours. When our Lord says, judge not lest ye be judged, that's what he's referring to, guilt. Not responsibility. You have to judge responsibility, yours and others all the time. But we as Christians don't judge guilt. We leave that to the Lord. And that's why even when somebody has committed a crime or committed a sin or done something wrong, we treat them with dignity. We treat them with dignity because we don't know their guilt. Even though correction or discipline is necessary in those circumstances. Not only for us when I sin, I need to accept my own discipline. But I don't need to worry about guilt. I need to be responsible. I go to confession whether I judge my guilt or not. I repent because I am responsible. But I leave the judgment of my soul up to God. That's what we should do. There's the last point I think is important along these same lines of judgment and responsibility. We know that we are responsible for the punishment due to sin. Very basic Judeo-Christian message. We are responsible for the punishments due to sin. This is why our Lord asks us to bear certain crosses in our life to make up for these sins. Even if we're guiltless, we still have a responsibility. Now, Jesus' cross was obvious not because of any guilt he had. Jesus was guiltless. But in becoming a man, he made himself responsible for us. That's why he could take responsibility and suffer the punishment even though he himself was innocent. We as Christians can do the same thing. I, as the father of this spiritual family, can take responsibility for my family, even if you did something wrong and I'm innocent, and I can suffer the punishment for you. In fact, that's my role as the father. That's what Jesus teaches me, and he imitates the father. And this comes down to reparations, which is a very interesting topic nowadays. What does the term mean? To repair something that is damaged, to make repairs, reparations, to repair. What Jesus did on the cross was reparations. He paid reparations for our sins, even though he was innocent. Now, there's again this trend that's still going through society. I find it a bit 
crazy, at least on a political level, but it makes sense according to a Catholic level. So there are many who think that certain people who are now alive today should make reparations for the sins of their forebears who potentially sinned against other people who gave birth to children who are alive today. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know how else to explain it. That is not necessarily a completely inappropriate idea. Why? It's what Jesus did. He's not even responsible. He wasn't even the ch in, the, in the line connecting uh, a responsibility to sin at all. But he still paid reparations for us so that we can be forgiven and go to heaven. Now, does that mean Father Miller is encouraging you to pay reparations? No, no. Okay, let's stop there. The point is this. For this reparation to be of any value whatsoever, it cannot be forced. Jesus freely took upon himself the responsibility to repair the damages that we have set. No one made him do it. Not even the Father in heaven. He chose to do the Father's will freely, without force. He even says in the scriptures, I lay down my life, no one takes it from me. Jesus' life was not taken, it was given. But it, the innocent cannot repair any damage that the guilty have done unless they do it willingly and freely. You see, reparations cannot be forced at least not in this context. This is one of the errors that go on in the government and many politicians. They think individuals should be forced to do this. Why? You're not responsible. You didn't commit the atrocities or the evils. You didn't cause the problems. Only the person who performs an act can be forced to repair the act. In that instance, they have to repair it unless someone else freely comes along and takes up the responsibility for them. But the merit of this reparation, again, it cannot be forced. And I want you to think about that in regards to your own relationships, spouses, parents, children, siblings, co-workers. The number one thing that goes through our mind when we're suffering some injustice is, I don't deserve this, this isn't fair. And so we become indignant, proud, arrogant, angry, certainly impatient. All because I shouldn't have to put up with this. And the message of Christ and all of the saints for 2,000 years has been, who cares if you're responsible or not? Who cares if you committed some fault? Take up the responsibility. Do it freely, just like Christ did for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.